Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the Aquatic Man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater. Cichlids, catfish, oddballs, flakos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Atari Tales USA. School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatics. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc., and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality of freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Alex. Now, Aqua Alex, take it away. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Aquatic Wetline here on Blog Talk Radio. Hope you guys are having a good week thus far. I'm your host, Oscar Alex, and we're going to have a good show coming your way today on this fine Tuesday evening. Now, today we're supposed to be doing our sixth episode of Fish Keepers United, and we're supposed to have a guest today. Our guest is supposed to be our Corridoris breeder, Lynn Masney, but so far Lynn has not called into the show yet, so I'm not sure if Lynn is busy right now or she might have forgotten about today's show. So, Lynn, if you're listening live, please go ahead and call in. And that way we can start our interview here. But today we're supposed to uh, be interviewing our sixth guest here on the series, Fish Keepers United, on the Aquatic Wetline. And we're going to be interviewing Lynn Masney at some point today, hopefully. But while we wait for Lynn to call in, I'd like to announce that today is our 135th episode of the Aquatic Wetline. I know it's not really a big milestone or anything, but we are 15 episodes away from our 150th episode, which I'm going to talk about a little later on in the show. So I can't wait for that. We're only going to be 15 episodes away, and I've got some wonderful prizes for our 150th episode, and um, 
I'm looking forward to it. My sponsor, Hikari Seals USA, is going to sponsor the first half of our 150th episode, and they have prizes for four winners. So what I'm going to do for our 150th episode is I'm going to do trivia time, and I'm going to ask some questions. People can call in and answer the questions, and they can win a prize from Hikari. And I'll explain more about that as time goes on because we still are a little bit away from our 150th episode. But I figured I'd kickstart today's show and tell you that our 150th episode is quickly approaching and I am really looking forward to it. So I appreciate you guys tuning into the Aquatic Wetline. If you're a new listener, I want you to keep listening to the Aquatic Wetline because each and every episode is getting closer to our 150th episode, and I want some of my listeners to win prizes on our 150th episode, and I can guarantee you that's going to be an awesome show. Now, not only do I have prizes from Akari for our 150th episode, I've got prizes for me personally that I'm going to be giving out. And my prizes can be used for fresh water or salt water. It really does not matter. I'll be giving out a filter, a heater, an air pump, and some fish food and more. So make sure you, you stay tuned to the Aquatic Wetline for more information about our 150th episode. And make sure you tune into our 150th episode to see how you can win these amazing prizes and also on our 150th episode I'm going to have a groundbreaking announcement that's going to shake the foundations of my blog talk radio shows that I do that's going to be an announcement that you guys are going to be really interested in so make sure you tune in for that and we're also going to have a very special guest on our 150th episode, never before has this person been on the aquatic wetline. And this person is the owner of a wonderful company. And he is really looking forward to coming on the aquatic wetline on our 150th episode and help us celebrate our 150th episode. So I can't wait to have him. And one last thing I'll say about our 150th episode is it's going to be airing on Saturday, March 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern. So we got a good month or so away from it, but it's going to be Saturday, March 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I just can't wait for that. Last year, we celebrated our 50th episode in March or April. And this year, we're celebrating our 150th episode in March, which is going to be awesome. Anyways, I figured that'd be a great way to start today's show. Now, as I mentioned earlier, today we're supposed to be doing our Fish Keepers United, um, but unfortunately I don't see Lynn calling in in the meantime. Lynn was going to be our guest. Our guest tonight was supposed to be Corridoris Breeder Lynn Matney, who has been on the Aquatic Wetline multiple times before discussing Corridoris, but today we're going to talk about some other things. So, Lynn, if you're listening live, please go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. And it's okay if Lynn is busy and stuff. I can still do a great show because I've, I'm prepared. I'm always prepared when I go on the air, so this is this is not going to be an issue if Lynn forgets the show or can't make it today. But, Lynn, if you're listening, just go ahead and call in and we'll get started. 
Um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, get started in a few minutes. Now, if you guys have any questions, you can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. You can go ahead and call in and ask any tropical fish questions you have, or discuss tropical fish. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, and I'll be happy to answer your questions that you have or that you are interested in asking. Or you just go ahead and start a tropical fish discussion with me tonight on the Aquatic Wetline, 1347-989-8142. Well, since this is a Fish Keepers uh, United show, I'd love to hear from some fish keepers, even if we don't hear from Lynn Masney herself. But I would answer other callers, so if you had a question or a comment or you want to talk about fish, go ahead and call in. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Now, Lynn had some questions she was going to ask me on today's show, and I'm going to go ahead and answer them by myself without her asking me them. So we're, I'm going to go ahead and log on to my personal Facebook account and retrieve some of these questions. And what I'll do today is I'll uh, answer her questions, and I'll try to answer my own questions that I had for her as long as I have the answers to these questions, because some of my questions were regarding her Corridoris uh breeding and how our business is doing, so obviously I can't answer uh, her question about Corridoris breeding because I don't know what she's breeding now, and I know what she has for sale for Corridoris juveniles, but the only other question that I was going to ask her, I can personally answer myself, and after all of the questions, I'm going to have a discussion on why I like the tropical fish keeping hobby and why I think the freshwater hobby is so popular. And I'll also discuss um, what you can do if the fish keeping hobby gets boring. So that is awesome. So I'm now on my Facebook account, and I see some of her uh, wonderful questions. But first, she's got a wonderful caller tonight on the Aquatic Wetline, and I'm going to go ahead and bring them live. So thank you so much for calling into the Aquatic Wetline. You're now live on the Aquatic Wetline. Yes, how are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing great. I'm glad to have you on the show today, Jeff. Yeah, so I can. And I had a couple of questions. Could it be about any fish? Yeah, certainly. Could be about any fish you 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 want to ask about. Sure. Okay, my first question is, what's like basic care for angelfish? Because you know, I recently just got one. That's a great question. Well, depending on the fish keeper you ask, some people say that angelfish are quite delicate, and some say they're pretty simple to take care of. I'm actually in the middle. I think angelfish can be pretty delicate, and I also think that angelfish can um, also be pretty hardy in the same same line because a lot of angelfish now are actually captive bred. So. I like all kinds of angelfish, but they are they are very simple to take care of. I actually think a beginner could keep angelfish as long as the beginner keeps in mind that the angelfish come from South America, and they're going to need a pH that is neutral, about 6.2 to 7.4. And, of course, the morning needs to be at zero, and the temperature needs to be between 68 degrees Fahrenheit and 74 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you do plenty of water changes and feed a good diet, your angelfish should do well. Now, a good diet for angelfish would be uh, frozen bloodworms, brine shrimp, 
Um, a good quality flake, I would recommend marine land tropical color flakes because it actually enhances your fish's color. I would actually recommend feeding some good protein foods for your angelfish as well. And I'll also take a lot of vegetables in your diet as well. Angelfish will eat anything, but they are a very good fish to keep, and they're very easy to keep. Just do lots of water changes and make sure they're water parameters stay consistent because I had noticed with angelfish, if their water parameters uh, start to go bad or start to deteriorate, then the angelfish could die and then become quite stressed. So just make sure that their water parameters stay where they should be and do a lot of water changes. And if actually if you feed a lot and do a lot of water changes, they will grow pretty quickly. But yeah, I love angelfish and I'm actually thinking about getting some more. Awesome. So I feed them, should I feed them cichlid flakes? Would that work? Yeah, cichlid flakes should be able, should be okay with angelfish. They, they probably would eat that because uh, angels aren't picky eaters. They're like ostriches almost, I, but in a smaller sense. Yeah, because what I do is I I have Hikari frozen brine shrimp, Hikari frozen bloodworms, and cichlid flakes, and they seem to like it. Yeah, Hikari has the best frozen line out there, and all, all my fish actually love it, even, including my uh, clown loaches and my fancy pleckles like the frozen bloodworms, because the kari is awesome that way. Yeah, and the other next question I had for you, have you ever kept or seen a freshwater lionfish? Um, no, I've never kept a freshwater lionfish, and I've, I've seen them, but I never kept them, and the reason being is they're, they're not true freshwater lionfish that's just the local fish store trying to market it to you but the freshwater lionfish are actually brackish water um and and it really is sad that they market them as freshwater because they can only live in freshwater until they mature and then they need to be acclimated into a brackish water aquarium so for that reason alone i just try to avoid them i don't buy them because i don't think i can handle a brackish water tank just yet awesome and I got one more, and then I'll let you get back to your show. I know you're an okay, Oscar no head. Okay, no problem. I enjoy your I know you're a big Oscar fan. So if you could only keep one monster fish but not an Oscar, what would it be? Ooh, uh, you got me on the spot there. <laughs> you know I'm an Oscar guy, and you're my best friend, so you're trying to put me on the spot, huh? <laughs> All right, so uh, one monster fish, hmm. I'd have to say, uh, if I can only keep one monster fish, it'd probably be an armor puma. I'm not sure what that is. It sounds cool, though. Yeah, it's the, it's the world's one of the world's largest freshwater fish from the Amazon. Awesome. You can keep no guppies around that thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. It'll probably eat some of the big fish too. Like it'll it'll eat some of the uh, cichlids that get pretty big, and it might even be able to eat pockets because our humans get like five or six, seven feet. Awesome. Oh yeah, and I just thought of one more question: Are green terrors really okay. aggressive, or could you keep them with an Oscar? Um, for me, I, I I find that green terrors are actually pretty docile, and some of them can be aggressive. But, yes, a green terror can be kept with Oscars. They are a recommended tank mate with Oscars, and I personally think they look awesome with Oscars, especially if you have black sand and a nice black or blue background. And 
um, a nice light, and the Green Terrace colors are going to shine. I personally like the Gold Sam Green Terrace. They're beautiful. But, yes, a Green Terrace can live peacefully with uh, Oscar Cichlid. Okay, well, that was all my questions. And I'll let you get back to your great show, Alex. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate okay, it. Okay, have a good night, sir. You too. All right, so what an awesome way to start the show. That was my best friend, Jeff, and thank you so much, Jeff, for calling into our uh, awesome show today on the Aquatic Wetline. Now, anyone else is welcome to call in, as you know, at 1347-989-8142. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, start answering some of her questions, even though she's not here right now. She's probably busy or uh, forgot about her show, but she did have some wonderful questions for me. I'm on my Facebook account right now. So let me go to uh, her personal messages she sent to me. So excuse me for a few seconds here. i got to scroll through them and get all the questions. All right. Here we go. Now i got to find the questions. Here we go. See, it took me two seconds because I'm, I'm really good on uh, Facebook. All right, well, her first question for me that she was going to ask me today was, what fish have I spawned that were a pain in the in the butt? Well, I've only spawned a few fish successfully, and, um, and that was because I actually bought a breeding pair not knowing it. Um, the first breeding pair that I bought was a pair of angelfish, and I did not know that they were a breeding pair because I originally thought that I was buying just two regular angelfish, but they're actually a breeding pair. And the other were actually a breeding pair of um, bettas. Or not bettas, what am I talking about? A breeding pair of, uh, what do you call those things? They're like bettas, but they're not. Uh, I'll have to think about think about it when, the name when I get back to it. They're like, they're... Uh, I guess they're called climbing perches or something like that. They're um, they're like a, a air breather. They belong to that family, but those are other fish that I've I've bred by accident. I had them in a ten gallon aquarium. Um, they 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 can live in a bowl. They're like in a garami family. I can't think of their name properly. I don't know if it's killifish. I'm not sure if they're killifish, but they're bright red. Those I bred too but I'm not sure of the name. But I'll just stick with the angelfish right now because I'm not sure of the names of those fish that, I, that I've that i had. The angel, oh, I know what they are now, paradise fish. There we go. It just came to me. I accidentally spawned paradise fish as well. And also uh, silver dollars, if I want to consider um, them, but unfortunately, my pluck away my silver dollar eggs. So, angelfish, I bred... Uh, some red koi angelfish, without knowing that they were male and female, and their eggs hatched, and some of the fry lived, and some of the fry died. Paradise fish, they they laid their eggs, but unfortunately the fry died. And the silver dollars, they laid their eggs, and like I said, the pleckos ate their eggs. Now, um, the, the most pain in the ass fish to breed for me was the angelfish because they were constantly killing 
all my tetras and everything that was in the aquarium. And that was the only time you're going to see me keeping uh, little tetras and little barbs and danios and things like that was when I was having angelfish because I'm not really a big fan of uh, small fish. But um, I actually had a, a community tank with angelfish and tetras and stuff. And when my angelfish were breeding, they killed everything in the tank except for a festivum and a severum. So that was probably the, the most pain-in-the-ass fish I've had to spawn was the angelfish, paradise fish, and the silver dollars. All right, her next question is an unusual question for me to ever answer, but I'll answer it anyways. How many stomachs do goldfish have? Well, believe it or not, goldfish do not have any stomachs. Goldfish have zero stomachs. But to me, um, how many, the question should be, the question for me should be, how many goldfish are in my Oscar stomachs? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't recommend anyone feeding goldfish to any fish because of the parasite risk that goldfish can uh, offer to fish. But the answer to this question is goldfish don't have any stomachs, which is the reason that they produce so much waste. That's the reason why goldfish crap a lot is because they have no stomachs. So when they eat, they can only hold their food for so long, and then they got to uh, poop it out. And then they poop it out more, and then they create a lot of waste in your aquarium. This is one of the reasons why I don't like keeping goldfish is because they produce a lot of waste, and they're really, really um, waste. They produce a lot of waste, and they create a lot of ammonia in the aquarium. And you're going to need to do a lot of water changes with keeping goldfish. But if you're up to the challenge of doing a lot of water changes and um, having superb filtration, then you could keep goldfish. I would just stick with the tropical fish because they actually have stomachs and are a lot easier to take care of and a lot easier to keep. All right, her next question for me was, can all angelfish crossbreed? I actually think all angelfish can crossbreed because, as a matter of fact, there's a breed of angelfish going out there right now called a dantum, which is a wild-caught ultim angel breeding with a popular angelfish in the aquarium hobby right now known as the common scalar angel. So if you're taking a very, very sensitive and delicate angelfish, such as an ultim angel, and crossbreeding it with a um, scalar angelfish, that tells me that angelfish can crossbreed. So yes, in my opinion, all angels can crossbreed. Now, um, it has become so popular seeing all these different kinds of hybridized angelfish. For example, in the Philippines, there are a lot of variations of Philippine blue angelfish and uh, ghost angelfish. A lot of angelfish in the Philippines are hybridized and crossbred. However, I like the natural angelfish. I like to see the natural variations of a scalar angel. But as a fish keeper, I do recognize the money that the crossbreeding angelfish do bring because some of them are very nice looking, like the red-eyed dantum or the uh, blue ghost angelfish or the blue zebra angelfish or some of those other nice crossbred angelfish out there. So I hope that answers your wonderful question. All right. 
Wynn asked me a question about one of my favorite fish of all time, and this is, what size tank do clown loaches need? Well, depending on the fish keeper you're going to ask, you're going to get a variety of answers. Now, for me personally, I would say at the bare minimum, the smallest size tank you can have for clown loaches would be a 75-gallon aquarium. Now, I think uh, clown loaches need a 75-gallon aquarium at the bare minimum because they get pretty big. Um, clown loaches will usually reach about a foot in the aquarium, and they are a schooling species of loaches. So you need to keep them in schools, and keep them in schools, you need at least five or six fish that are going to get about at least 9 to 12 inches in length. And even then, a 75-gallon might be considered way too small. But a good starting point for clown loaches would be a 75-gallon aquarium. You could also do some in a 125-gallon aquarium, a 150, a 180, a 200, whatever size tank you have. Now, clown loaches are very popular now. Matter of fact, my fish store always stocks them because he always sells out when he brings them in. Now, in the spring, that is when you're going to see some of the bigger size clown loaches. Spring is the best season for clown loaches. So if you're on the hunt for clown loaches, this is the time of year to go looking for them because they're going to be a lot cheaper than in the fall and in the winter. Now, I noticed in the fall and the winter, you're going to pay close to $20 for a two-inch clown loach. But in the spring, you're going to probably pay about 6 $7 for a two-inch clown loach. And probably for a four-inch guy, you'll pay about 30 bucks. And in the wintertime, they're about $60 for a four-inch clown loach. So if you're looking for clown loaches, this is the time of year to get them. Now, keep in mind, clown loaches need to be kept in schools. And to keep clown loaches by themselves, they're going to de develop parasites and ick because of stress. I hate seeing people buying one clown loach at a time because it's not right for the fish. They are a schooling species, and I feel clown loaches need to be kept in schools. So please consider that before getting clown loaches. You can't afford to get more than one. Don't buy them at the time. Save your money and buy two to five to even ten of them because they are a schooling species. Keep that in mind. There are some other botias you can get that you can keep by themselves. The red-tailed botia can be kept by himself because he is not really a schooling species, although you should keep red-tailed botias with other red-tailed botias, but they can be kept by themselves. Now, speaking of clown loaches, I know a lot of you keep your clown loaches with African cichlids, and although uh, it can be done, I highly would not recommend it because African cichlids have a much higher pH range than clown loaches, and we all know clown loaches come from Asia, and they have a lower pH than Africa. But it can be done if you're looking to maybe add African cichlid or maybe add clown loaches to your African cichlid tank. It could possibly be done. But anyways, I gave a more bigger answer than she wanted probably, so I do apologize for getting carried away and talking about clown loaches. I really do love my clown loaches, as you guys can tell. All right. Well, her next question for me was, is how big do 
giant garamis get. And I'm assuming she means the really giant garamis, which are monsters. Now, this is one of my garamis that I really like. Now, the giant garamis get pretty big. The true giant garamis get pretty big. We're talking about at least uh, 12 to 24 inches, usually being close to 2 feet. True Jankaramis will get anywhere from 12 to two, 12 inches to 2 feet in length, and they are very aggressive. Uh, they could probably kill almost any fish, so it's really recommended to keep Jankaramis in a very big tank with aggressive cichlids. Now, I personally would not buy a giant karami if I had anything less than a 125-gallon aquarium because of their aggressive nature and the size they attain. However, there is also a second species of karami that goes by the name giant karami, and it is by far... And it is by far not a giant by any means of the imagination. A false giant karami will only reach about four inches in length, and those are ones that you can keep in an aquarium that are not aggressive. But those are kind of hard to find nowadays. You'll have better luck finding a true giant karami than a false giant karami. Now, if you're looking for a karami that gets pretty big but not aggressive, your best bet would be a pink kissing karami which is uh, a very nice fish. It has kissing lips, and it gets about a foot long at most, and it is very peaceful. All right, so the next question I'll answer before I take my first commercial break is, can ram cichlids crossbreed? Well, I don't know about the ram cichlids crossbreeding because I've never personally kept rams. The only rams I ever kept were Bolivian rams, and I know that Bolivian rams cannot crossbreed with German blue rams. But I do know that there are uh, multiple species of ram cichlids out there, like electric blue rams. You've got the golden rams, high finned rams, short fin rams, balloon rams, etc., etc. I'm pretty sure that there are some people out there crossbreeding ram cichlids all the time. But as far as I know, I'm unsure if you can crossbreed rams or not. So those were her six, her first six questions that she asked me. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and take my first commercial break of the night. And coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to answer her next four questions. And I'll answer some of my questions that I had for her. And then I'll have a discussion on why I like the fishkeeping hobby and what to do in the fishkeeping hobby if it gets boring. So we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. We're going to hear a word from Ikari Sales USA. We're going to hear a word from the local fish store here in Western Massachusetts called School of Fish, Inc., which has the best selection of freshwater and saltwater tropical fish, the best selection of freshwater and saltwater equipment, the best selection of freshwater and saltwater fish food and medications, and everything you need for your aquarium. So stop by and check out School of Fish, Inc. today in Indian Orchard, Massachusetts. School of Fish, Inc. is on Page Boulevard 
here in Springfield, Mass., or depending on where you're from, it could also be known as Indian Orchard, Mass. We're also being sponsored by the Fish Geeks Facebook group, which is dedicated to freshwater hobbyists, the International Aquatic Association on YouTube, Jambox, and we're proud to uh, promote other radio shows here on Blog Talk Radio, like Aquatics Euphoria, Dakota Aquatics Plus, A Picture in the USA, and finally, my other talk show here on Blog Talk Radio called The Alex Cardinelli Show. So stick around. We're going to be back with more of The Alex Cardinelli Show on this fine Tuesday afternoon. And we're also going to hear a song during this commercial break called Big Time. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Procosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Ikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Ikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Fish Geeks is an online Facebook fish group that is dedicated to the aquarium hobby. We have thousands of members who all love this aquarium hobby. All of our members are a fish geek one way or another. If you are serious about this hobby and love fish, then come join our group on Facebook You Fish Geek. Type in the search bar on Facebook Fish Geeks and click join. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Do you need advice? On planted tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? Do you need advice on cichlids? Do you need advice on discus? Do you need advice on Well, get over to the IAA channel now! We can help you with planted tanks, saltwater tanks, community tanks, filtration, 
DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today. Thank you, IAA. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Aquatic Euphoria, a podcast about fish, all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatic Euphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, and yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids. Teens and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first though. Hey, listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, this here is Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to be a part of my talk show, The Alex Cardinelli Show. On The Alex Cardinelli Show, we talk about everything from current news, to sports, to current events, to dogs, to politics, to everything you can imagine. So come join us at The Alex Cardinelli Show. We are live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We are live Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we are live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Oscar News Show airs three days a week, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. 
with Friday being our current news episode, and Tuesday and Sunday will be our fun shows where we'll discuss anything and everything and have a fun guest on the show. So come check out the Alice Cardinelli Show on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. Come on, come on, you know you want to be a part of this great talk show, so I'll see you at the Alice Cardinelli Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. The Alex Cardinelli Show is going to air on Saturdays? No way! Is this true? The Alex Cardinelli Show, airing Saturday nights? Since when? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinelli Show is airing on Saturday nights. What? The Alex Cardinelli Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturday nights. What? The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturday nights. What? The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Hey guys, are you ready? But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Well then, join us live this Saturday, February 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern as we do our second Saturday Night Live on the Alice Cardinelli Show. We've got a brand new co-host. That's right, William T. has stepped down as co-host. So, the man they call Jeff is taking over the co-host position of Saturday Night Live starting this Saturday. What does Jeff have in store for Saturday Night Live on the Alice Cardinelli Show? Plus, what are... Saturday Night Spotlight going to be on this Saturday. And what trivia do we have for you this Saturday? Join us as Lynn Matney will be our very special guest. Lynn is a former chef, and Lynn Matney is going to share her delicious recipes and tell us about her time as a chef on Saturday Night Live. All that and much more live this Saturday, February 28th, at 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday Night Live on the Alex Cardinelli Show. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Crazy Alex Talk. Join us this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Saturday Night Live.
live listeners of the Aquatic Wetline. Did you know you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat? Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. But go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember... You can call in anytime at 1-347-989-8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. All right, we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline in this fine Tuesday afternoon. And today we're doing our sixth episode of Fish Keepers United. And we're supposed to have a guest tonight. We're supposed to have Corridor's breeder, Mrs. Lynn Matney, on the show, but she has yet to show up. But before commercial break, I was answering some of her questions that she was asking me. And before I get back to her questions and some of my questions and my discussion for tonight, I want you guys to know you guys can call in if you're sitting live to the show today at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. That again is one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. And you can ask any fish questions you have. So go ahead and call in one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. And if you're going to call in, make sure you dial one. That way, I know you are going to be uh, asking a question or you want to go live. Because if you just call three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, then that means you just want to listen to the show. So. It, or automatically the Block Talk Radio system is going to think that you just want to listen to the show. So if you want to speak, please press 1. So that's 1-347-989-8142. And again, you can call in to ask any fish questions or have a fish discussion with me if you want tonight because I love to hear from fish keepers. And if you guys are listening to all my shows, you know that I love having callers on the aquatic wetline. All right. Well, let's continue our conversation here on today's uh, episode of the aquatic wetline. Now, the next question that Lynn was going to ask me live today was, what tropical fish likes cold water? 
And that is a pretty interesting question. Um, honestly, the only thing I know about this is that goldfish are generally the only species of fish that can tolerate and like cold water because goldfish are suitable to live in cold water. That would include your uh, feeder goldfish, your domesticated goldfish, and your koi, and your shabumpkins, and things like that. Other species of fish can adapt to living in cold water, like plecos. Plecos can live in almost any kind of water, but they have been adaptable to living in a pond. I know a lot of people like putting plecos in their koi ponds because they can handle the algae that grows in the pond. Um, some Chinese hyphen sharks can live in cold water. Matter of fact, they are a species that can handle cold water, the Chinese hyphen shark. Bela sharks can adapt to living in cold water. Iridescent sharks can adapt to living in cold water. Um, some species of tetras, like the black skirt tetras, can adapt to living in cooler water. Um, some corridor species, believe it or not, can live in cooler water. And I know Lynn has pointed this out several times here on the aquatic wetline. She breeds her corridors catfish in cooler water. And some um, cichlids can appreciate cooler water, but not as cool as goldfish would want it, but they can tolerate 64 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, your native fish, believe it or not, they are able to be kept in the aquarium hobby. Your native fish like cooler water. Native fish like pumpkin seeds, bluegills, large and smallmouth bass, channel catfish, and, and uh, um, what do you call those things, uh, bullhead catfish and things like that. Believe it or not, there are captive bred native fish like those pumpkin seeds, bluegills, large and smallmouth bass, carp and channel and flathead and bullhead catfish. Uh, you just have to find a farm that dedicates to um, native fish. You might even find a tilapia there as well. And believe it or not, some people like keeping tilapia, but to Easter own. So there's a lot of fish that can tolerate cold water or cooler water. You just really need to do your research on it. All right, her next question was, how big do red-tailed catfish get? Well, we all know I love monster fish. I love monster catfish the same, and red-tailed catfish are one of my personal favorite catfish of all time. But they get massive, and I personally think red-tailed catfish do not belong in the aquarium hobby. Lynn, red-tailed catfish can grow anywhere from four to six feet in length. That's the size of a 75-gallon aquarium to a 125-gallon aquarium. And if you don't believe me, take a trip down to Boston and head on over to the New England Aquarium. They have a big, huge red-tailed catfish in their Amazonian display tank that is just massive. And I use that red-tailed cat as an example on why red-tailed cats don't belong in the aquarium hobby. You know, back when I was a teenager, 
um, maybe, uh, let's say, uh, five, six, seven years ago. Wow, it's been that long already. But, yeah, five, seven years ago, I had a red-tailed cat, and I had a tiger shovel nose and some of the other monster catfish in a 125, and I regret it because I wasn't doing as much research as I'm doing now as a 21-year-old because I'm more mature now. And I feel bad for having a red-tailed cat. I was like one of those kids that goes into the fish store and buys a monster fish that he likes. Now, knowing how big these things get, I would never consider buying a red-tailed cat unless I had a 10,000-gallon aquarium or a really huge indoor pond. Then I would consider buying a red-tailed cat. But I want to thank you, Lynn, for asking that question because it was an awesome question that gave me the opportunity to stress how important it is for my listeners to know how big red-tailed catfish get. And I certainly hope that none of my listeners will go to the store and purchase a red-tailed catfish because I personally don't think um, any of my listeners can handle having a red-tailed catfish unless they have a huge pond, which, of course, is something that not anyone can handle unless they've got a lot of money. And, of course, the size red-tailed cats get... They eat a lot, and they'll eat all your tank mates. So I personally don't think red-tailed catfish belong in the aquarium hobby. I mean, you can certainly go down to the New England Aquarium or Mystic Aquarium or a local aquarium in your area. They have an Amazonian exhibit and see a large red-tailed cat, a large paku, and some of the other monster fish in, in person. That way you wouldn't have to buy one and raise a huge one in your aquarium. All right. Now, Lynn's next question for me is, can tetras be kept with angelfish? Yes, certain tetras can be kept with angelfish. Obviously, you will not want to put smaller tetras, like neon tetras, in with angelfish, because we all know neon tetras will become dinner for your angelfish. But you could put in some um, medium-sized tetras in with your angelfish, like rummy nose tetras, which are one of my favorite tetras, like lemon tetras, black skirt tetras, pristilla tetras, um, and even some of the serpe tetras. A lot of tetras can be kept with angelfish. Just make sure, just make sure they're too big to be eaten. Even though angelfish are rather peaceful, they can still eat neon tetras because they are a cichlid. And her last question she has for me is, what are the smallest and largest cichlids in the world? And hopefully I have this answer right. Now, the smallest cichlid in the world is actually a shell, de- shell dweller, and it's known as a multi. And the largest cichlid in the world happens to be an African cichlid known, to, known as an emperor cichlid. Now, my fish store once had an emperor cichlid, and it was a very aggressive African cichlid. It killed some cichlids that were in the tank that I was in with. And it was highly priced, too, with about $40. So I liked it. I admired it, but I um, wouldn't buy it because I didn't have an African tank, and plus I didn't have a tank big enough for an emperor cichlid. Now, I actually think an emperor cichlid looks like a African version of a peacock bass if you were 
to ask me because it does resemble a peacock bass and looks, I actually uh, think. Now, the funny thing about the Emperor Cichlid, and here's how I remember that the Emperor Cichlid was the largest cichlid in the world because at the time, the local fish store had a goofy employee at the fish store, and he was telling people that the Emperor Cichlid or the baddest fish on the planet, and he had uh, dorky glasses on, and he actually would tell people that the Emperor Cichlid was the baddest fish in the planet, and that it was the largest cichlid in the world. But I just couldn't help but laugh every time I'd hear him say it to someone, because he just looked funny doing it. But that is how I remembered that the emperor cichlids are the baddest fish in the planet, or the largest cichlid in the planet. So I hope that answers your question and adds a little bit of humor for it. So those are all of Lynn's questions that she was going to ask me. Now, I got some questions that I'm going to ask Lynn, even though she's not here. But I'm going to ask myself these questions, I guess. Or, if you want, I'll ask you, the listener, these questions. And you can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to answer them if you're, of course, listening live or if you're listening to the archive version of today's show. You can post your answers in the comment section below. So I'm going to have to skip some of the questions because, obviously, since Lynn's not here, Lynn's not going to be able to answer uh, a question about her Corridoris business or what quarry she is breeding now. But I'm going to answer these questions, and you, the listeners, are welcome to answer these questions as well. So one of my questions that I was going to ask Lynn is, what are your thoughts on Oscar cichlids or other larger monster fish? So you guys are uh, able to answer that if you want, but I'm going to go ahead and answer this question. All you guys know that I love Oscars and I love monster fish. I've always been a monster fish head and an Oscar head since I was a little kid. And since um, I have been in the hobby, I've liked uh, monster fish and uh, little fish. Um I would say that I actually like the personalities that monster fish bring to the aquarium hobby. Now, do I feel bad that some of these monster fish are put in small tanks, like pakus, uh, red-tailed cats, iguanas, gars, and sometimes even oscars? Hell yeah, I feel bad. Um, that all that all lies down with people not doing their research, and I know a lot of you put the blame on the aquarium shops and the pet stores for this, but in reality. It's not their fault. It's the people going out and actually buying these fish. It's the people's fault. It's the customer's fault because the customer is not doing research. If a customer did research, they'd find out how big this fish gets. But my thoughts on monster fish is if you do the research and if you um, – Understand how big this fish gets, and if you get a proper size aquarium, you're going to enjoy this fish. And for example, I have always enjoyed Oscars, and I always have a proper sized aquarium for Oscars. And right now, I currently don't have a proper size aquarium, but I've got two Oscars right now. But I'm actually going to be getting a 90 gallon for a bigger grout size tank, and then for their uh, ter- permanent home, I'm going to be getting a 180 or a 220 down the line. But I like monster fish, and I feel they belong 
an aquarium hobby as long as you get proper sized aquariums. And obviously, as I stated earlier in the show, I would not recommend buying a red tail cat or an arowana or a tiger shovel nose or all of those other monsters unless you've got a huge aquarium. But the other monsters like Oscar Cichlid, Severum, um, some of those fish that grow up to 12 inches can be kept in a six-foot aquarium and things like that. So what's your answer to that? You can you guys can answer that as well if you want to. All right. Now, the next question I was going to ask is that I was going to ask when is one that I asked all my guests here on Fish Capers United, and that was what would you recommend beginners to do or what would your tips be to beginners entering the fish keeping hobby? And I've answered this question several times before, but I guess it would not hurt to answer this question again. So what I would tell beginners first is make sure you want to enter this hobby because there's nothing worse than entering this hobby and realizing it's a hobby that requires a lot of work and a lot of money. Now, a lot of people enter the hobby because they hear it's a really easy hobby. But nine times out of ten, once the beginner realizes that a fish-keeping hobby is not as easy as it was promised, they want to leave instantly. So my first tip to a beginner entering the fish-keeping hobby is to realize that this is a hobby that's going to require a lot of work and it is not a piece of cake entering the fish-keeping hobby. The next tip I would give a beginner is to do lots of research. Research the size of aquarium you're going to be getting. Research the type of fish you want to keep. Research how to set up your aquarium. Research how to cycle your aquarium. And research everything you need to know about your aquarium because then you're going to learn a lot, and the more you learn, the better you'll be. Now, there are some great information on the Internet for beginners, including the Aquatic Wetline and some Facebook fish groups and Google. Google is your best friend, folks. Now, whether you're entering freshwater or saltwater, you're going to have a lot of awesome information on the Internet. And the next thing I'd say to beginners is take your time. Don't rush into this because if you rush, you're going to have failure. But if you take your time and do things slowly, you're going to have a higher success you're going to have a higher success rate and a higher chance of things going right for you. Whether you're doing freshwater or saltwater, take your time and do not rush things because that will be the easiest route for you to go is to take your time. And um, basically taking your time, doing a lot of research, taking your time in cycling the aquarium, and taking your time in buying fish is going to be your best friend when getting started in the aquarium hobby. Now, I probably will do a show uh, speaking on what to do in the hobby if you're a beginner sometime in the future um, because I feel it's a great topic, and it's a topic that I really like to talk about. And hopefully uh, we can get Lynn on the show again to to answer that question because I was looking forward to hearing Lynn Matney's uh, answer to that question because I was interested in seeing how she um, was going to respond to that question. Now, the next question I was going to ask Lynn was what her thoughts are on the fish hobby and what she likes about the fish hobby. And um, she said she had a wonderful answer for that question. So I'm actually going to skip that question because I actually have answered that question a million times here on the Aquatic Wetline. Now, the next question I was going to ask her was 
what got her in the fish-keeping hobby. I wanted to hear that because she never told me how she got in the aquarium hobby, and I was really curious to find out how the Corridor's Frida herself, Lynn Matney, got involved in the fish-keeping hobby. But I'll answer it, and I know a lot of you guys know how I got in the aquarium hobby. I did not get in the aquarium hobby. I was born in the aquarium hobby. That's right. My father, who had been in the fish-keeping hobby for years before I was born, had been keeping fish. So I was born as a young child into the fish-keeping hobby. And then uh, at the age of six, I started growing more interest in the fish-keeping hobby. But I did not get my first fish chick until I was 12. So... It was a good six years before I had enough interest to get my own tank. And as you guys know, my own tank, my first tank was a 55-gallon aquarium that I had Oscars in. I had Red Devils. I had Pleco and Pacus. But I was a beginner at the time, so I didn't know what I was doing. And I actually went to the fish store behind my dad's back with my mom because we were in the neighborhood. And my mom was at the next door, uh, the next door store which was a grocery store, and I actually walked to the fish store, and I bought fish because I had some birthday money, and let's just say I was in serious trouble that day, not one for walking out of the store without uh, letting my parents know, and two for buying things without letting them know, and three for buying the wrong type of fish that day. I always remember that day because I was in serious trouble that day, and I had to bring back some of the fish because we all know that they weren't suitable for a 55-gallon aquarium. And the only things I kept was one Oscar and one Pleco, and I think I kept the Red Devil. Everything else went back to the store, and we got, I got my money back. I got my birthday money back. But that was partially uh, the fish store employee's fault because he did not tell me about the fish I was buying would be too big for a 55-gallon aquarium. I even told the person I, I have a 55-gallon aquarium and I want to spend my birthday money on some fish, and all he did was uh, show me to some fish that he thought were pretty cool. Um, and luckily, my dad, who had been in the hobby, had more experience than I did, uh, showed me that the fish I had in my tank were too big. But that is how I got involved in the uh, fish-keeping hobby. And I would like to hear how you, the live listeners, got involved into the uh, fish-keeping hobby. Because I'm always interested in hearing your thoughts on how um, you got in the fish-keeping hobby. I like hearing how fish-keepers got in the fish-keeping hobby. So go ahead and call in. 1-347-989-8144. Four two. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right. Well, the next question I was going to ask her, or she was going to, yeah, the next question I was going to ask her was, what are her likes and dislikes in the aquarium hobby? And I was eager to hear her answer on that. Well, I've got a couple of likes and dislikes in the aquarium hobby that I'll share with you. I'll start with the likes. I have a couple of likes I'll share. The first thing I like about the aquarium hobby is, of course, it is something you can do that is very fun and very educational. While you're having fun keeping fish, you are learning a lot of things. You're learning how to care for fish, and you're learning about fish themselves because you're logging on to Google and doing research, and you're chatting with other fish heads who love fish just as much as you do. 
Now, the next thing I like about the aquarium hobby is that there are some awesome groups out there and awesome radio shows such as this one and awesome information out there for you to research. And the next thing I like about the aquarium hobby is the wonderful fish-keeping stores that are out there or the wonderful fish stores that are out there. They're all... uh, very, very good. I like all the fish stores that are out there, including the online fish stores that are pretty decent. And last but not least, the final thing that I like about the fish keeping hobby is all the species of fish that are available in the fish keeping hobby. There are hundreds and thousands and millions of fish that are available for you to keep in the fish keeping hobby. Now, let's talk about the dislikes in the fishkeeping hobby. Well, one of the things that I dislike about the fishkeeping hobby is people not doing their research. That's right. I said it with the emphatic voice. People don't do their research, and it really irks me. All right, because if you don't do your research, how do you know how big this fish is going to get or if this fish is compatible with your tank mate? For example, if I was a beginner and I had a 10-gallon aquarium and I had neon tetras and I went to Petco or PetSmart and I bought an Oscar and I believe the employee and I put my Oscar into my 10-gallon tank with neon tetras and then I went to bed the next day or I went to bed and then the next day I woke up and my neon tetras were gone and I say to myself, what the mm happened here? Where are my neon tetras? Why is my Oscar fat? Well, since I didn't do my research, I just found out my neon tetras have become dinner to my Oscar. And this is what happens a lot in the aquarium hobby because people don't do their research. So it's very important that you do your research. And that's one of my strongest dislikes about the aquarium hobby is people not doing their research. The next dislike I have is um, people releasing fish into the wild. And that is common sense. I don't know why people do it. I guess they want to pay a $10,000 fine or even spend time in jail for releasing things in the wild. Like down the Everglades, there is a, uh, I know if it's not, have anything to do with the fish keeping hobby, but down the Everglades, there is a population of yellow pythons living down there that are taking over the ecosystem. And down the Everglades, the pythons are eating all the alligators and all the uh, wildlife that lives down there. And I have a feeling that's going to happen with the fish that live in the uh, fish keeping hobby sometime. And I really, it's really sad because we might lose some of our favorite tropical fish. And it really is sad some idiots would go out and release fish from their aquarium hobby into the wild. <sighs> and um, I know a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago on Facebook, there was a picture going around of a whole bunch of plecos that were taken from a local river in Texas. And those are all plecos that were released because plecos don't live in Texas. They live in South America. But enough of that. And next dislike I have about the aquarium hobby is ego. There is a lot of ego in the aquarium hobby. 
People think they're better fish keepers than anyone else. They think their opinion matters more than anyone else. They're so full of themselves. Arrogance, cockiness, boldness, you name it. A lot of people a lot of these fish keepers have it. I don't know why a lot of these people are so full of themselves in the aquarium hobby. I just don't know. Um and if you don't believe what they tell you, they'll, they'll swear at you, they'll cuss at you, they'll go off on you if you don't believe their advice they give you. I've dealt with it a thousand times. Now I just ignore them and I just block them if they give me their arrogance. So, yes, there is a lot of ego in the aquarium hobby. And it's a very sad, uh, a very sad and unfortunate thing. Now, the next dislike I have for the aquarium hobby would be... Um, I guess uh, people buying fish and uh, selling them on Craigslist for double what they what they go for in a fish store. So those are my likes and dislikes in the aquarium hobby. And the last questions I were going to ask Lynn, or I was going to ask Lynn, are ones that she would have to answer personally, including the fish stores in Florida, because I'm actually currently thinking about moving back to Florida in the next year or two, because I'm sick of the cold and harsh winters up here in New England. And they actually have better fish down in Florida. they got better fish stores down in Florida than they do up here in Massachusetts. And I love Florida, personally. I lived in Tampa Bay, and I thought it was the greatest city ever. And I can't wait to move back to Florida. And hopefully I will be living in Florida sometime in 2016 or so. We're thinking about, we're thinking about moving out of Mass within the next year. Or so, so that's going to be uh, awesome, and I can't can't wait to live back in the Sun State again. It's been about ten or twelve years since I was in Florida, so I can't wait to go back. All right, well, those are all the questions that Lynn was going to ask me, and those are the questions that I was going to ask Lynn. I wish she showed up today because this would have been an awesome show. But hey, I kicked ass tonight with her not not being here. Now, again, you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 if you'd like to answer any of those uh, awesome questions. Now, one final thing I will touch base on, because I'm going to save it for its own personal show, is what to do if the aquarium hobby gets boring. Now, it is true that the freshwater fishkeeping hobby can get boring after a while. Let's face it, it, it did for me because, as I said on a show a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, I always changed my stock. If you followed me on my YouTube channel called Aquatic Wetline in 2014, you saw how many fish I went through. Last year I had Angelfish, then I had Sewer Dollars, then I had Gizmo and Petey, my Oscars, then I had Sewer Dollars again, then I had Angelfish. The hobby gets kind of boring. But you can change that around by keeping and experimenting different species of fish. Now, you can get multiple tanks in. You're going to have many t- different kind, uh, many different uh, tanks. wish I could do that, but I'm only limited to having one or two tanks in this hobby. So I have to keep the same fish for a while. But the good thing about that is you can buy a lot of fish and keep them with your fish you have already. So... One way to combat combat boredom in the aquarium hobby is to try fish you have never, ever personally kept before. And that way um, you have a lot of fish that you can experience keeping. So I really, really do think the aquarium hobby 
is great. And it should not get boring. If it gets boring, then you're doing something wrong. Try keeping different species of fish. But I'm going to save that uh, topic for my very own show. And I know Aquaxiphoria is going to be doing a show on that pretty soon, so I'm not going to steal the spotlight on that. Well, I think I pretty much talked about everything I had to talk about on today's show. I'm going to leave some time on here for callers to call in. So, again, you can call in live, one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right, right now I'm going to go ahead and take my final commercial break. And when I come back, I'm going to wrap up this awesome show. And I'll have some announcements to make before I end this great show. So stick around. I've got plenty more of the Aquatic Wetline coming up after our final commercial break. We've got one more song that I want you guys to hear. It's a great song called Satisfaction during this commercial break. Aquatic Wetline is now on iTunes. You can download any of our archived episodes on iTunes. You can listen to any of our past episodes on your ride to work or your long ride on vacation. Simply go to the podcast section of iTunes and search for Aquatic Wetline to find us. Enjoy. The Aquatic Wetline is now available to be listened to on Stitcher Radio. You can now listen to the Aquatic Wetline on your smartphone or tablet. Simply go to Stitcher.com and click on the search bar Aquatic Wetline Radio and you can download any of our episodes right on your smartphone. Now switch people to the smartphone or tablet and enjoy any of our awesome podcasts. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com. So we can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show. Would you like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United Question and Answer? Then send all of your topical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. you like your fish questions answered live on our February Fish Keepers question and answer? Well, email your questions to 
aquatic wetline at outlook.com. That's aquatic wetline at outlook.com. You might ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. Or you can also tweet your questions to at Alex Cardinelli1. That's Alex Cardinelli1 on Twitter. And Cardinelli is spelled Cardinal with an E at the end. Or you can also message me your questions on Facebook. My Facebook account is Alex Cardinelli. I hope to answer your questions on the February Q&A, live Thursday, February 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions in right now. AquaticWetLineNetwork.com, Alex Cardinelli1 or Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, Please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. That's AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Are you ready for the aquatic wetline to make history? But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No! I said, are you Well then, join us on Saturday, March 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern as the Aquatic Wetline will be celebrating its 150th episode. We're going to celebrate our 150th episode with some prizes in each hour. We're going to have a two-hour extravaganza with prizes for all you, the listeners. Hikari is sponsoring the first half of the show, and I'm sponsoring the second half of the show. There is prizes for everyone, so make sure you call in to win yourself a prize on Saturday, March 21st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, on our 150th episode, we're going to have a blast from the past, and I'm going to make a very special announcement that's going to shake Blog Talk Radio to its foundation. So join us live for our 150th episode on Saturday, March 21st for prizes, special announcement, and a very special guest. Live March 21st is our 150th episode. So be there. Be there as the Aquatic Wetline make it big time live Saturday, March 21st 
8 p.m. Eastern for our 150th episode. Okay, so the name of the song I'm going to play right now is called Satisfaction by Ludacris, and hopefully today's show was pure satisfaction for you, uh, because our uh, scheduled guest is uh, was not here. But the name of the, the name of the song is Satisfaction, and hopefully um, you guys will enjoy this song. We about to blow your shotgun right through your speakers. We breathing life back into the music industry, man. Ludicrous to feel my mouth to mic with something Let's go. Can you handle it? 808 bang in the back with the whooper like boom, 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 boom. Put my foot up on the pedal and my hand on my strap. Got the engine like boom, 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 boom. What's up? You ain't never heard a nigga rap tight like this before. I got an addictive flow that'll give you. I'll make you satisfied, even if it kills me. Even if it takes a slower mind, a little bit of time to feel me. Recollect the 15 million I've sold, and the 30 times I went gold. And if you take two puffs, then it's gold, and it'll give you. I've sold the most, and no one's close, but I'm not meaning to brag. It's different strokes for different folks, like Angelina and Brad. Don't keep the heat in the stash with. 30 keys in the jag, and if cops ain't peeping your tag, you're gonna feel some. Pumping out albums like Reverend Run is pumping out children, here's another one. So catch me on most wanted foes and keep a Sutherland. I'm bound to be the greatest, I'm determined to win. Until the end, I can't get no. T minus 10 seconds. We have one half of the group real long. I'm the one that went to the gunfight with a knife And one left with his pistol and left him dead to die He tried to run just because my first second don't mean that I ain't Not the one when I'm done, I'm guaranteed to give you I might not be the best in the world, but the best two words I've ever seen I'm all Benny George's daughter, kind of ding the ling king When I'm digging deep in the scene, I'ma make a cream as she scream. Baby, get me hard like a sneakers bar. I give up. Just the wind a little way, so motherfuck what you say. Y'all had this spot, we took you off the top like a tooth. Hey, yo, post me kicked and pushed in this fiasco like loose. Hey, better dance up like you. Hey, cause it's off, we giving them. Every since I sign with Luda and them, my chances are losing this slim. Y'all talk that spent for copycat and do a move like him. Yes, sir, my mom's got that. Good as if my group had a gift, we gon' continue to give them a double dose of. T-minus 10 seconds. We have the other half of the group real mom. It goes by the name of Fleetwood Mac. Half black when I rhyme, it's C That's why my money long to lie at the DMV. When they asking who was that, that was snapping. I'm that ounce you like snickers with no nuts, no. I hustle and flow. I done been by my cheese since I was knee high. We 
but you need hit me, I'ma drop out pieces like I'm CI. Urban's nonsense, you made that rock and magic, cast a sun shake. Dope soul, money, spoke. I've been the nigga that can't fuck with hot like a slow coat. Flip rocks by the boat low, OG no seats, and it's just out, get the no dose. Zip lock for the throat, tote, big glocks on the hip cock, try to play the big shot, get pop with the fofo. Don't be the reason they mouth in the flow, folk pay me, that's my Move a dollar, let me get that pop. Man, I need his cream. Well, my cake, give me my candles. I got sweet 16. Now the kid with the cocaine flow got DTP on his necklace. Now, look at him what you think about, so it's big. Ah. Let me on. Patch me in. 
my dial we'll at first I dial three four seven and then I'll dial one then I dial one three four seven because I had a lot of stuff to tell you, you know, about the Corys. And stuff awesome. that you, well, you didn't want know. to talk about the Corys now? Yeah, we we're, can. We're still alive. Want to talk about the... Okay, yeah, that'd yeah, be we awesome. we can do that. Okay, let's, sure. let's go to my Corey questions that you sent me. Okay, let's let me see, see if I can uh, find them here. Yeah, so, I'm looking actually, online, Actually, my first uh, Corey question for you. My first okay. question for you was, uh, what 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 kind of chorus are you currently reading right now? Um, right now I'm reading Orange Lasers and Blacks. I've seen the Blacks on um, on uh, Aquabid, twenty four ninety five a piece. No shit, and the Lasers. Uh, the lasers are going for about $15 a piece. But what I do is I sell them as juveniles. I'll sell a maybe three-quarter, half-inch, three-quarter-inch fish for $4. So because my my um la- the lasers that I'm using are wild-caught. And so it took a while to get them to start spawning. But now that they're spawning, they're spawning every two weeks. So I've got some 20 long tanks. I've just got about 100 in it, and I've got another 20 long. It's got 65 fry, and I and I'm waiting on them. They're ready to spawn again, so the spawning tanks are ready. And it's then you got here. What other fish have you kept besides quarries? Well, I've kept quite a bit. Yes, um, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I started fish when I was like that I can remember, five years old. My father had fish tanks all over the house. He was into breeding bettas and live bears. And, of course, he had the little baby jars all over the house full of the bettas. My mother hated his guts. And that's how I started getting into it. And have I ever kept larger fish than Oscars? Not larger, but I used to have... For quite a while, I had a 55 that was a South American tank. So I had Jack Dempsey's, Blue Acaras, and believe it or not, there was a um, Blue Garami in there that never got eight. Figure that. (laughs) And, of course, I had um, convicts, but I was living in Alaska. Convicts are such cheap fish here. Up there, they're going for $10 a piece. So I was reading them, and... Yeah, that's what I said. Damn. <laughs> and you said you did good on the recommended recommendations for beginners. That was pretty good. And how long have I been in Thank the fish you. hobby? I, I, I've been in the fish hobby now. See, I'm 58. So probably 53 years. About how long I've been oh, in wow. it. Oh, wow. That's a while. Yeah, and then what do I like and dislike about the hobby? Well, I like it all. I get sick of doing water changes when I overfeed. That's about the only thing. But I've got two of the long tanks in my bedroom, and I love watching these little fish just swimming all over hell. Let's see. What other fish would you like to breed? What other fish would I like to breed? My girlfriend that I live with has got a 55, and she's got a whole load of um, clown loaches in it. 
and I did a little reading on that, and there's been one person that was supposed that had supposedly bred clown loaches, but they left the tanks. I mean, they left the eggs in the tank, and they fungused over, and that was that. So it can be done. So I'm trying to talk her into her her group. I would say the smallest one is about four inches, and I'm trying to get her to read up on it and settle and see if she can grow them and, make, you know, maybe make some babies out of them. I don't know if it can be done, but, hey, I'm out for a challenge. And Corey's I've picked up because I'm on Social Security and I'm broke. <laughs> so I went through the Internet. Me and Becky went through the Internet and... We we picked out fish that you didn't see very often with breeders, and that was one. You didn't see very many breeders. You see a lot on Aquabid, but a lot of them are distributors. You know, they get their fish from somebody else that's wild. Like Snookin' 21 is where I got my Peru orange lasers, and almost all his fish are wild. So... I've got the corner on that one. I now that I know how to breed wild fish, I'll tell you what these tank raised blacks, they're just easier than shit. They they eat like <laughs> pigs and they're ready they're ready to spawn. I I did them as a trade off. I traded a girl in Nebraska 20 of my lasers for 20 blacks. So the blacks are just about ready to start spawning. They're about two and a half, almost 3 inches. So, uh, like me, they're always hungry and they're always horny. <laughs> well, they, I've been feeding them black worms. I get black live worms. <clears throat> and um, oh, I, nice. I've been feeding them. Pardon? I said, oh, pardon? nice. Black worms are cool. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they are. are awesome food. Yeah, I feed them black worms and I also feed them blood worms and flake every now and then. But. A few pellets here and there, but they mostly get the live uh, worms for for the bigger fish. The littler fish can't handle it. I use for the babies. I use frozen baby brine. Then they go up to frozen daphnia, and then they start getting a little bigger. And I I take the blood worms and I shave it, throw it in with the bigger fish, the ones that are about a half inch, and they seem to eat the hell out of that. And some of your questions were pretty good. Um, let me see if I missed anything. Oh, um, my girlfriend, she's starting to breed rams. And they're breeding, and they're leaving a lot of babies around. So, And you uh, you covered the tropical fish in the water very well. That was good. Because quarries was my first shot, because my quarries live in 75 degrees. And they spawn at 65 for pH. But they like the water at 68 to spawn. So what other questions have we got? Hmm. Let me me check my list here. hmm. I'm actually on on Facebook. Oh, by the the way, by the way, those red-tailed cats, you know, they get about five foot to six foot like you said and they're from South America and they were they're used as a food fish down there 
and they're not used anywhere else much because they say the meat is black. So I don't know what the deal is on that. I'm not into eating black shit. Yeah, no kidding. And there's we we got a food we got a one store that I like to go to, Fish's Paradise, and they do me deals because I belong to Gold Coast Aquarium Society, and they'll do us deals on stuff. I just bought another um, twenty long tank stand. They gave it to me for forty bucks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I got two more to set up for I'm expanding. I've had an offer. I had an offer from David LaBelle to give him every hundred I could raise, but it turns out that he raises discus and angelfish and his warehouses are so hot that you can't quarantine them. They the blacks will take 82 degrees and the rest of them you can't get over 80 and they'll die on you. There are some that, that like sucks. Yeah, that does suck. But there are some that will take uh more heat. I would say a serbi would be one. And it I think it partially comes from where they're from. Like you said, look where your fish come from. Do research. And they um some of the quarries will come from a high altitude, like my Peruvians. And they'll tend to want colder water. And the ones that come from a higher altitude, I mean a lower altitude, like the warmer water. So that's something to look into if you're setting up a tank and you've got angelfish in it and you want to put quarries in it. So you need to look up your quarries. And a lot of times I go to Wikipedia and see what they've got to say about them. But the blacks, I couldn't get hardly any information on the blacks. And I believe they're Venezuelan blacks. I don't think they're short size. Those, those must be cool quarries. I've never seen a black quarry before. What's that? And I've actually never seen a black quarry before, so they must be pretty cool looking. Oh, oh, they're beautiful. And I got white gravel. And they're beautiful. Well, most people say use sand, but I buy at um, PetSmart, I get real tiny, round, rounded edge gravel. Of course, for the fry, I use bare bottom tanks. But this load of fry, I put in, uh, since I had the 20 long set up, I put them in the 20 long. And I can still see them swimming around in the gravel. They like to dig. <laughs> so, if they like to dig, give them something to dig in. So, I've stayed away from hey, the I sand. Hey, I'm moving to Florida, so you have to look me up. Yeah, hey, I, I told, I already told you, come on down. There's a bed in my fish room, and if you're not a good boy, I'll tie you up in there. <laughs> I'd like to see that, but I, I, I'm really interested in moving back down there. I love Florida, so it'd be nice to hook up oh, with yeah. a fellow Corridoris breeder down there. Well, you'll have to come visit. We got an extra bed in that room. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd be, I'd be bed. interested in visiting you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you should come down and check it out. Um, my girlfriend has got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. She's got seven tanks. And I've got, let's see, 
four, four, eight, nine, ten. I got twelve. So we're fished oh, all over the place. A lot of tanks. Yeah, she's got <laughs> mostly big tanks. She's got mostly big tanks, where she keeps a lot of angels, um, a plug for um, David LaBelle at Angelfish USA. She gets a lot of fish from him, and he's got some beautiful fish. He allows a, he every now and will allow us to come down there and maybe get some worms or something. But he's a pretty good friend. He lives right around the corner here. He's got one warehouse about oh I don't know two miles from here. And you were talking about the fish in the canals and stuff down here. Now that's interesting. Um, down here, an Oscar is a food fish because you can catch them big. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but they're good. <laughs> good white, good white meat, almost <laughs> like a snapper. And they get big down in these canals. That's from people throwing them in. And another one that you can catch a lot of is salvinine. And the salvinine, matter of fact, there was um, there was a cichlid. Um, convention in Kentucky just recently, a little while back. And um, Alan Rollings, I don't know if you know him, he comes from England. He comes over here a lot. And he's a good friend. So I, so we took him fishing. And we collected a whole <laughs> bunch of fish. We got some Mayans. We got some miscellaneous fish. We caught another big Mayan. He caught it. He was a happy camper. And we took him to to this Markham Park where you can fish right off the edge and you're right on the other side is the Everglades of Markham Park. There's no and, alligators there when you guys go fishing? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lots of alligators. <laughs> I like to go night cat fishing down there. And all you have to do is turn oh, that nice. spotlight on the water and you see cat, you see alligators all over the place. They never really come oh, too nice. close. So, yeah, and then also I hear down in Miami they catch um, Midas's. Um, they're oh, kind of nice. red. Yeah, they catch Midas's down in Miami. So there's all kind, and there's they're mixing, they're hybridizing. So you may catch one fish that looks like an Oscar, but it's got some pretty odd markings on it. So they're interbreeding and making their own new fish. But pretty much nice. any canal you fish in here, you're going to get fish. So, you know, if we want to fish, we, with you so we can get some Oscars. All we have to do is cross the river. There's a road that goes right by us. Cross the road to the canal, throw your pole in, you'll get fish. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> I want to catch Oscars. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can take you where to get Oscars. And one of the best okay. food fishes down here, have you heard of a... Um, snakehead? Have yeah, you heard of snakeheads? I've heard of snakeheads before. Too bad they're illegal. They're uh, down here. You can take you can take them out. You cannot put them back in. They'll give you a ticket if you put them back in. You got to let them on the bank and die because they're eating all the oh, that sucks. all the babies and everything. But if you take one, I caught a twenty-two incher. And I filleted it, and I'll tell you what, that meat was white as red snapper, and it was delicious. Hardly any bones. It's all like one bone line going all the way down. 
and there aren't all those little rib bones in it. But that's another fish that's getting very common down here that they don't like because it's eating all the bass babies, eating all the peacock bass babies, eating all the sunfish. So they're trying to get rid of them. There was a fishing game officer standing right there when I caught that 22-incher. And I caught it out from under oh a wave gosh. runner. <laughs> yeah, it was under a wave runner right in the middle, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And they and their favorite food is rotten shiners. Yuck. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> well, so anytime you want to come down, you just come on down. All we right. can have some fun we'll down here. Soon, hopefully. Yeah, where, yeah. We, where would you be staying? Um, I'm probably thinking about moving back down to Tampa, Florida, or Clearwater Beach, Florida. Oh, okay, you're right across the state. Yeah, you're a straight oh, shot so across the state from here. And Tampa so has got a really... far from you? Um, three hours. About three hours. Oh, I can still come Something with like you, that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not that far, and you you get to go through the Everglades, and you have to stop when there's an alligator in the road, and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> no running over the alligators. I'll tell you what, they will mess up your car. I've I've so seen that happen. Like the alligators. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool, and I'm used to working in the high country. In Colorado, Wyoming, and all these other states for I told you about that the hunting camps, and I missed yeah. the mountains, so I had to trade the mountains for the Everglades. It's not as fun, <laughs> but at least I get to fish, and I yeah. I really enjoy the tank <laughs> fish. I really and I really enjoy breeding these quarries because they're a group breeder. They don't pair off. They all breed in a group. Whoever gets whoever gets whoever. So it's pretty interesting. That's why when you sell quarries, you sell two males with a female. It's an opposite trio. So it's and they like to travel in groups too. So you know you got to get a few. Who doesn't love panda quarries? I would say for somebody starting out on quarries. Yeah, I would say somebody starting out on quarries. I would say start with pandas. They don't eat their babies. They're they're cool looking. They they're fun to watch in the tank. That would be my first one. So I just got these off the internet and I started advertising on Fish Geeks and Fishaholics and I even touched base with uh, Corey Berge on Michigan Cichlids because I had a lot of people asking me, you know, if I can put them in with angelfish and we found out accidentally I gave Becky 15 of my lasers she put them in an 84 degree tank and they all croaked so they can't take oh, that high nice. of a heat yeah you know so I've got we've got all these tanks and when I get the blacks running and get them up and going they're they're doing the spawning dance they're just about ready and when they start spawning, we're going to start taking a couple of them here and there, uh, some of the few juveniles, and put them in our outdoor tanks on the porch and see how much heat they'll take. Because, like I said, the girl that I got them from said that they'll go up to 82 degrees. 
So if I can find one that'll take a higher heat, you know, I can sell them to some of the cichlid people. So we'll see how that goes. That that'd be great for you. Oh yeah, I do really well. I went to the last fish meeting uh, last Wednesday and made sixty sixty dollars off uh, twelve fish. So oh, nice. you know, and that's as juveniles. I don't have the room. I live in a mobile home, so I don't a double wide, so I don't have the room to set up for a full grow out. But I find people are quicker to buy the juveniles than they are to buy the full grown ones. Which is kind of cool. That saves my space. It saves the extra food. Saves extra everything just about. So you want to buy some quarries? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, after this, I will eat them, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to... No, the only way you can eat them is you put them in a tin can with some oil and eat them like sardines. Except for the spikes. Except for the spikes. You gotta you gotta eat the fish from the spikes down. I've had so many people say that, oh well those are eating fish. When I say I raise catfish and it's like, Oh, I don't think so. But I've been doing it now for five years and I didn't know anything about breeding them. What I used to, what I did was I happened to get a bunch of trilineatus at the um auction at our club and it was a whole bucket that had about 15 in it so I dumped them in a tank in a 10 gallon tank I sat on a bucket in front of the tank got my Budweiser out and I just sat there and I watched and I watched and I watched and I watched until they spawned and started getting the hang of it so I did it all on my own there's almost no quarry breeders down here almost none so, but so, I'll tell you what, if you, if you have, go over to England, there's a lot of them. Nice. I know, so I'm saying, I know you got to be the Corridor breeder in Florida, and I'll be the Oscar breeder in Florida. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, like, I'm the only one that I know. Well, there's a girlfriend I got that her quarry spawned by accident. She's got, uh, I think it's a 120-gallon tank, and she threw some green quarries in there. And they've been spawning like dogs. They they keep spawning, and she don't know what to do with them. And I got her into the club, and now she brings them to the club. But they're a cheaper fish. They're like, if you sell juveniles, you'll get a dollar. You know, I picked higher dollar fish so I don't have to work so hard. And awesome. also, also on something else on the orange lasers, those are not actually called, well, they're called orange lasers. That's their nickname. They're actually CW10 gold lasers is what they actually are. And when they're born, they're born white, of, you know, clear, of course. But once they start getting maybe a quarter of an inch, they turn gold. And then when they get just a little bit bigger, they're a little gold. And then when they start getting a half an inch, their orange stripe starts coming out, and they start getting some hints of green in their belly, and they're beautiful. The ones I'm looking at now are getting their color, and they're hungry too. That's they're awesome. Bitching at me. 
Have you, <laughs> well, have you had you any stories? I'm... I well, actually I'm, did I'm have stories until I got yeah. my Oscars. Yeah, huh? that won't work. Yeah, that won't work. <laughs> that was funny about the. I'm sorry, but that was funny about the neon tetras. <laughs> that was kind of matter of fact. You know, the convicts wouldn't let my my Oscar near them. They t- they tag him. Oh, One was going front and wiggle and tease him, and the other little convict would run in the back and nail him in the in the back. So they kept him away from them. So I just that sucks. I. Yeah, so I just sold them all to that girl for ten dollars a piece. I just when I got down here and saw what they were worth. Yeah, I saw what they were worth down here, and I thought, oh holy shit, I should be sending some to Alaska. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you for calling in. I'm glad I got. Huh? So are you? Are we about done? Uh, I'm almost done. I got five seconds left of on air time. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, thank well, you, it was good to finally talk to you. Thank you so much for calling you. in. Hey, you know my phone I know, number? I can't wait for Saturday. We got you on my uh, talk show on Saturday. Okay. Did I call the same number? Yeah. Okay, and what uh, time was number. it? I'll I got it, it written. I'll give it, uh, you gave it to me. I'll give you the see. number on Facebook. Yeah, okay, and it's at 8 o'clock, February 28th? Yep, that's the date. Okay, it's still 8 o'clock, though, right? Yes, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm p.m. Eastern, definitely. And for all of you all folks right. who don't know, in case he didn't tell you, I live in, I live between Fort Lauderdale and the Everglades. So that's where all my fish oh, are coming awesome. from. Awesome. All right, well, I hope to and, see you soon. All right, we'll see you on Saturday. And thank you all for listening to the Aquatic Wetline tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. What's what's on it? Oh, it's it's closing the show. (laughs) Aquatic Wetline is closing the show. Oh, that's the show. Okay. All right. I just might. I got to feed my fish and get them happy and do that. And then I'll pack in and see what's going on. Okay, okay, sweetie. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll talk and to you later. I'll see you on Saturday. Okay, you see too. you Saturday. Bye. Bye. Oh yes, finally you got her through. I got her through the the thing. We're having technical issues, but I want to thank you all for listening to tonight's episode of the Aquatic Wetline, and we'll see you tomorrow as William T returns as co-host for Aquarium Equipment. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye, fish keepers. Hang on.